0: Our Breakfast with Ben's Letters from Camp podcast from St. Vincent College brought to you by Bella Construction, a five-star North Huntington-based locally owned and operated roofing, siding, and window contractor, proudly serving the community and its homes for over 20 years. Bella will beat any competitor's quote plus $250 off of it. Please visit MyBellaRoof.com or you can call them at 724-515-5163. That's 724 515 5163 for Bella Construction. Our Breakfast with Ben's Letters from Camp Training Camp podcast today is actually back in Pittsburgh as the Steelers have broken camp for the time being. They're heading down to Tampa for the first preseason game of the year, taking on the Bucks on 102.5 DVE. I'll be on the pregame show starting at 3 o'clock with Matt Williamson and Dale Lally. We are brought to you, as we always are during our training camp podcast, by Bella Construction, a locally owned and operated roofing, siding, and window company that will beat any local competitor's quote, plus $250.00. Visit MyBelaroof.com to schedule your quote today. And right now, we're going to modify this a bit. As you know, if you listen to the pregame show, at some point during the broadcast, we always go to the other side of the fence. We always try to get a check-in from the other team. Even though this is the preseason, we're going to do it here. Not as in-depth X's and O's, maybe more of a big-picture look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And joining us to talk about that is Jay Retcher from WDAE 95.3 in Tampa. Like us at DVE, part of the iHeartMedia company jay has always been kind enough to join us here in the breakfast events podcast whether it's been for the rays whether it's been for the lightning the bucks jay it's great to catch up with you again how you been
2: i'm great brother always a pleasure and it's uh i love doing the trauma with you man talking baseball talking hockey talking football i mean it's a beautiful thing that we do brother It is, and it's good to be talking about football
0: again, and you guys in Tampa are kind of going through what we went through last year here in Pittsburgh. Last year was year one ABB after Big Ben. You guys are year one after TB down there. (laughs) How's it going? I mean, I guess from one end, as a talk show host, you don't have Tom Brady to cover anymore, so that might take some wind out of your sails, but then again, you get what we got last year, which was you don't know who the quarterback's going to be, so there's always discussion there. Unless it is definitely going to be Baker Mayfield, and well, that doesn't exactly move the needle, does it?
2: Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting how it's a, a similar type storyline where you guys had Trubisky and Pickett up there, and then we have down here uh, Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask, and you know Baker's going to get the start uh, on Friday night, uh, or you know in the game against the Steelers, and. You know, Kyle Trask is going to get the start in preseason game, two. And listen, Trask was a kid out of Florida. He drafted in the second round a couple of years ago, and he was drafted kind of as the heir apparent to Tom Brady. And I don't think many people had a lot of faith because they didn't have him as the backup to Tom Brady the last couple of seasons. But we've said this a lot on our show, Tim. There was no possible way that the Buccaneers were going to have a backup to Tom Brady that hasn't seen any NFL action. It was Blaine Gabbert. If Blaine Gabbert went down, they would have got like a Chase Daniel or somebody else that has played in the National Football League because Tom Brady just – he needed that, you know, another set of eyes. He needed that sounding board from a fellow veteran. So the expectations for Alec Kyle Trask were very low going into the season. And then you bring in a guy like Baker Mayfield, former number one overall pick. I know you guys saw a lot of him up there when he was with Cleveland. And there was a lot of people that thought this wasn't a contest at all. This shouldn't even be a competition. Why are we doing this? Why are you taking reps away from Baker Mayfield? Well, what happened is Kyle Trask has played pretty darn well in training camp. I've been there every single day, and it is sweltering out there. And Baker Mayfield's thrown, I want to say, eight or nine interceptions to only about three or four from Kyle Trask. There's a discernible difference in how these guys take care of the football. And some people will say, oh, well, Baker's really trying to push the ball down the field. Kyle Trask is pushing the ball down the field as well. We've also seen a couple of drop snaps from Baker Mayfield. Uh, it hasn't been the cleanest preseason, and I wonder if he wasn't the guy with the experience advantage, if he really would be the guy that's starting uh, in the first preseason game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the decision has not yet been made who's going to start week one. A lot will have to do with how the both of these guys fare, not only in the preseason uh, but also in the joint practices coming up in a couple of weeks against the Jets.
0: So let's go back over some of that. Just from a fan perception, from a media perception, if Trask was drafted to be the heir apparent potentially for Brady, was there pushback initially on why Mayfield was signed in the first place? I mean, I get what you're saying about once he got there, why are you taking reps away from him if he was brought here to be the starter, but was, was there some pushback from any segment of the fan base of why is he coming in the first place if they thought Trask was going to be the next guy
2: anyway? I think it was a foregone conclusion that there was going to be a veteran uh, signed in, in any capacity. I know the other guy that was really lobbied about was Jacoby Brissett. Uh, b- before they ended up going with Baker Mayfield. So I think there there was always going to be this point after Brady. Kind of, again, similar to what you guys have went through in Pittsburgh, where you know you got the Trubisky there, and then you got the rookie uh, Pickett in the first round, and I know second rounder. So, you know, it, it's tough. It's never easy, and I'm, I know I'm preaching to the choir here. It's never easy to follow up a, a, a future Hall of Famer, and especially a guy like Tom Brady, who's one of one. I mean, he, it's just so crazy how... He changed everything down here in Tampa Bay. I just watched the first episode of Hard Knocks, and you could see Aaron Rodgers and how he's changed the belief in that entire Jets organization. Tom Brady had that same effect. You know, before Brady was here, the, the Buccaneers had the lowest winning percentage out of any team in the four major sports. I mean, this was a futile franchise, and Brady came here, and you could just tell in training camp everybody was on their P's and Q's, and this team just had a different look. They had a different pep in their step. And now this is, you know, life after Brady. So Kyle Trask, uh, I think, is uh, shocking a lot of people with how close this competition is. Uh, Offensive coordinator Dave Canales said as much. He said, absolutely, it's tightening up between these two guys. And again, it just goes to what these preseason games uh, are going to entail. And and I I thought going into this competition that the only way that Kyle Trask was going to start game one or week one of the regular season. is he His train would have to be going in the positive direction. Baker Mayfield would have to be going in the negative direction. I wouldn't say they're going at full speed right now in opposite directions, but are they're at least kind of trudging along slowly in opposite directions. We'll see what happens against the Steelers.
0: Jay Retcher with us from WDAE in Tampa. Make sure you check him out for all Tampa Bay sports coverage. So, Jay, along those lines then, if we're to extrapolate that, as it relates for Friday night, is this gonna be kind of a equal competition in terms of the framework of the other offensive players that they're playing with from this week to next? Like are we gonna see extended looks with the starters besides Mayfield from the Bucks on Friday because they want to give him the same fair shot that they might be given Trask in week two
2: against the Jets? That's a fair question, Todd Bowles. We asked him as much. Uh, In training camp yesterday and he wouldn't commit To how many starters would play There was a ton of starters that didn't play last Year Uh, but I think it's a little bit different With Tom Brady last year all 22 guys coming back from the Super Bowl uh, You kind of had an idea of like What guys needed reps What guys didn't there's some position battles On this team A fully Remade offensive line you got a second year running back and Rashad White you got a couple of questions on the defensive side of the ball uh with you know a new secondary you know Antoine Winfield Jr going back to free safety Ryan Neal coming in from the Seattle Seahawks a couple of young guys on the defensive line so this is i would think so like i would think that you're going to try to give each quarterback the same amount of reps with the same weapons just to see what you have it doesn't make sense to have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin play with Baker Mayfield in week 1 and then not have them play with Kyle Trask cuz how would you get a fair assessment. I think it's going to be a checkered uh, t- attendance when it comes to which starters play and which don't play. But I agree with you that there will be a similarity, I would think, uh, at least on the offensive side of the ball, so you can give each guy a-, a fair shake and see what you have from both of them.
0: What's the mood of the fans? I mean, like, how do they feel about this season? Are they excited that Trask could win the job? Are they kind of. Bland and disappointed that Baker Mayfield isn't all that inspiring? I mean, you, you tell me, what's the pulse of the fan base year one
2: after Brady? There is no consistent thread right now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan base. It's not. I mean, it, it's, like, it's like a 25% they want to see trash do well. There's a 25% they want to see Baker Mayfield do well. There's 25% that, you know, they they don't know what the heck they want. And then there's 25% that say, hey, let's just tank and we'll try to get Caleb Williams or Drake May." uh next year and there's it, no guarantee i mean you know tim going into the before the college season everybody thinks they know who the two best quarterbacks are and then the games play out and then something else happens nobody thought baker mayfield was going to be the number one overall pick before that college uh football season started there when he was at oklahoma so a lot of things can happen from Now, to this same point next year, there is a lot of question marks, whether it's all the new players, whether it's offensive coordinator Dave Canales, who's never called plays before at any level, being the new OC here. Todd Bowles, is he a guy that's on borrow time? I know there's still uh, some Jet fans out there going, I can't believe that you have him as the head coach. But he's respected around the league. He's been around a heck of a defensive coordinator for this team when they won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. A lot of question marks, and they'll start to get answered very slowly in that first preseason game against the Steelers.
0: Yeah, I mean, here in Pittsburgh, after Roethlisberger retired, there was that same sense of, we don't know what's going to happen, especially that was augmented when you got a middle-of-the-road guy, maybe a backup, maybe a starter in Trubisky. But when they drafted Pickett, everything changed. I think most people, especially because Pickett went to Pitt, most people here were anticipatory of the season – if for no other reason, maybe Pickett doesn't start the year as the number one, but he's probably going to get in there eventually, and when's that going to be? There there was always that sense here, and I, Mm -hmm. you know, from a couple thousand miles away, I, I don't get that vibe about how Tampa is reacting to their quarterback options, even though, you know, Trask did go to Florida, like you point out.
2: Yeah, and the thing with Kyle Trask, too, is, it's different because he didn't start that first year obviously you're not going to start you're not going to get anywhere close to the playing field when Tom Brady's there this is a unique situation that he's been in and there are still people even though I go on the air every other day and say there's no way he would have been the backup there's still people that are staunch and believing well if he was that good he would have been able to beat out Blaine Gabbert for the number two spot behind Brady which was never an opportunity he wasn't even presented with that opportunity so people that say that just clearly aren't in the know and they look at Kyle Trask as being a backup in high school to De'Ara King being a backup at Florida until he was able to thrive there in his senior year uh but then you know he's playing with guys like Kadarius Tony who we saw did great things with uh the Kansas City Chiefs after getting traded for the giant traded from the Giants uh and also Kyle Pitts uh standout tight end for the Atlanta Falcons so they're the jury's still out on Kyle Trask and there's even a little bit of a buyer beware from Florida Gators fans going, you know, it was good, you know, but it, it took a while. Is, there is, was Tampa, a little...
0: is Tampa very much Florida Gator country, or is there a less clear line of demarcation? Like, you know, I, I know there's tons of Penn State and West mm-hmm. Virginia fans in Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh's in Pittsburgh. You know, the university is here. Um, yeah. is is Tampa Florida Gator country?
2: I, I wouldn't go that far. I do think they have the largest uh, plot out of all the – College teams. There are a ton of Knowles fans uh, for Florida State. There's still a bunch of Miami Hurricanes fans. We do have USF here in town, and there are UCF fans from Orlando as well. Uh, but I would say that there's more Florida Gators fans than every everybody. But there is it's kind of spread out amongst those five. But yeah, so people have the knowledge of Kyle Trask, and you know they're wondering. If, you know, he's a little bit of a meek guy. He's a little bit quieter. But you've seen the confidence, man. I've seen it up close and personal. You've heard it from the offensive coordinator, Dave Canales. The center, Ryan Jensen, who was with Tom Brady the last couple years. This guy's really coming into his own. And I'm just thinking, wait and see. I mean, we don't know. Like, This is the great thing about sports sometimes is sometimes a guy can wow you. And there was this kind of thing like he's a slow learner. He's a thorough learner. And it's his third year now. He's sitting behind the greatest quarterback of all time. If you can't take anything from Tom, uh, man, maybe you're not such a great learner. But I, I think this guy's got a good shot. And I think if it's not week one, maybe week five after the bye, or week six, excuse me, after the bye, maybe he gets in there and makes some noise for the Bucks.
0: What else is getting attention in Tampa right now besides the quarterback situation? Where are there going to be position battles where Steelers fans are going to see Tampa put some of their best out there to figure out who's going to be a starter, who's going to be a second stringer? Where are they going to test the Steelers so those guys can test themselves on Friday?
2: Well, I think the big thing is going to be the offensive line. I mean, you had Tristan Wirfs, who's arguably the best right tackle in football. It was him or Lane Johnson. And he switched over to the left tackle position in the offseason after Donovan Smith went over to Kansas City. You're getting – it looks like it could be four, if not five, different spots for guys this year. You brought Matt Filer in uh, in the offseason, free agent signing. He's going to play left guard. In the center position, I just mentioned Ryan Jensen. He came back after missing every single game in the regular season last year to play in the playoff game. His knee was so jacked up. ACL, MCL, meniscus, he had all these different things. He decided against surgery, kind of going a little bit more of the holistic approach. They said they had a plan for him going into the uh, preseason, but, man, he's missed way more days than they thought, so it might be backup Robert Hainsey who played last year. The right guard position is Cody Malk out of North Dakota State. Rookie guy, big red-haired guy, doesn't have two front teeth. And then the right tackle is Luke Gedeke, a second-round pick from last year that was terrible at the guard position. They think he's going to be better at right tackle. So it's not so much of like the position battle, but these guys being in new spots, and they are very weary. I know this is a big topic of conversation we've had on the show this week. Pittsburgh is not one of those teams when you're like, hey, let's hopefully let's just tip our toe in the water with the offensive line. You better be ready for them to pin their ears back. So the Buccaneers' offensive line are going to be high on high alert uh, against the Steelers' pass rush, that's for sure.
0: Oh, the pick kid's looking. I know Kansi's been hurt, right, for the most part down mm-hmm. there. Um, is, is he going to play? What, what's the word on him
2: first? He's going to be out for a while. I mean, he was in a boot for about a week. It's been off. It's a little bit more of a compression sleeve. They're hoping that he's going to be back a week or so before week one, so hopefully he can start. Uh, but he was getting in there. He was starting with the ones uh, early on in training camp. A lot of great talk from him. Vita Vea, that's going to play next to him, a uh, former first-round pick out of Washington who's been a stud for the Bucks. He just said he's been so surprised, not in a bad way, but he's such a quick learner, smart football player. I know Coach Narduzzi up there said the two smartest players ever coached were not only Kalaja Kansi, but Servassier Dennis, who yeah, he's has been his yeah, yeah. He's been fantastic. Uh, he's probably not going to start. Levante David was sat out yesterday because of a veteran day, and Servasier actually was with the one. So he'll rotate in there. My co-host and I think Servasier is going to be – a starter 2024 no matter what he's already had two picks in camp he's got just the maturity level he could be a steal an absolute steal of this draft and a lot of talk down here in in Tampa Bay was you look at how well Seattle did last year drafting and getting the guys like uh cross up front and getting um their running back Kenny Walker and what they did at the cornerback position as well with Tariq Woolen the Buccaneers are looking at some of their guys with Kalaja Kansi, Cody Malkin, Servassier Dennis going, man, these are three guys that can pretty much make a big difference here in year one. Seattle did it. Why not us? So high hopes and a lot of love going towards uh, the two former pick guys here in Tampa.
0: So Kansi's not going to play, but Dennis might play with the ones if they don't start
2: David? I think in certain packages, you'll see Cervasier Dennis with the ones. Uh, on Friday night, but he'll be primarily with the twos, but no, no Cansey for at least a couple of weeks. All right.
0: Well, Jay, thanks so much. Greatly appreciated. I know you're football focused with us uh, real quick. What's going to go on with the rays as we approach October and, and what are people saying about the lightning in the off season down there?
2: Oh, Rays, man. Losing Shane McClanahan, which was looks huge. like for the year, uh, is, oh, man, just absolutely devastating. Uh, but listen, this team got Aaron Savali at the trade deadline from Cleveland, so there still is optimism. Uh, you got Tyler Glass now, but he's a guy that just got stra- scratch for back spasms. Uh, Zach it's Eflin, always something. <laughs> it's always And you guys know, I know, preaching to the choir. But yeah, Wanda Franco, Randy Rosarena, and that kind of upstart, you know, they always have that chip on their shoulder, so. Listen, they'll probably be in the playoffs, how far they go. It may depend on their starting pitching. Uh, as far as the Lightning goes, they did a great job in the offseason fortifying that bottom six uh, forwards. They got Glenn Denning. They got Connor Shirey, uh They also got Calvin DeHaan. So it was all about experience and all about guys that can play and be tough to play against. Also got Archibald, who I know you guys uh, know a lot about as well. So, yeah, there's always that Tam- – every time we speak, there's always more and more Tampa Bay – and Pittsburgh connections, and we're jealous. You guys got Eric Carlson up there. He loves Tampa. Best friends of Victor Heaven. That's been a hot topic of conversation over the years. Will Eric Carlson ever come down here to Tampa? And, hey, we we appreciate Kyle Dubas up there, man. I know Crosby and Malkin ain't getting any younger, so you might as well strike while the iron's hot and see if you can go get yourselves another cup in the Steel City. Wait, was
0: there some buzz that Tampa was like a mystery third team? There was always some talk that there might be a third team besides Carolina and Pittsburgh. Was
2: Tampa it? I don't think so because they're so cash strapped uh, okay. against the salary cap. This is something that goes all the way back to what was it, 17 or 18. Whenever we had the all-star game here, Victor Hedman and Eric Carlson dressed up as pirates and walked into Amelie arena for the all-star game. And I actually got a chance to interview him one-on-one and we played on the airwaves and he just absolutely loved it down here. And there was an opportunity for them to go get Eric Carlson years ago. They went a different direction got Kevin Shattenkirk, and every single time Carlson comes here, he talks about how much he loves Hedman and he loves Tampa. So it was always like that thing that came up out of nowhere. Well, what about Eric Carlson? And his play started going down, and people stopped talking about it, and then, boom, he wins the Norris <laughs> Trophy. It was like, well, now he's too good. Now you can't afford him. And then he goes to Pittsburgh. He's just he's going to be one of those guys that's a fan favorite down here and is never going to play for the Tampa team. So I think good on the pens, man, and and I like it. I love when teams go for it.
0: Thanks, Jay. We'll do it again sometime soon, okay?
2: Appreciate it, Tim. Thanks for having me, buddy. Jay
0: Retcher from WDAE in Tampa. Check out his work there. This is Breakfast with Ben. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.